We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Heck yeah. Well, welcome in, everybody. It's Monday morning and... uh I'm exhausted, but I'm here, Scott. Uh, we were just over doing the Falcon stuff. How are you doing? I mean, we obviously I bragged earlier and was at the uh, Iowa Women's Elite Eight game where they won and went to the they're going to the Final Four. And I got to see a little history yesterday with Caitlin Clark being the first player in NCAA tournament history, men or women, to score a thirty point triple double, thirty plus point triple double. She scored forty one, so a pretty pretty fun weekend. If my voice, if you think my voice has gone a little bit or sound weird, so no one still has scored a thirty point triple double. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> thirty plus points. So. She went right on past that one. That's pretty awesome. And good morning, everybody. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting a little bit. We went just a shade long, but you're always welcome to come join us on my channel on Monday mornings too. YouTube.com/slash Scott Kennedy. If we're late, you know where to find us. We're over there talking uh, talking Falcons on Monday mornings before we hop over here to go Broncos. Yeah. Absolutely. We got some people to say hello to here. First off, Gyla Maples coming in 999 with the super sticker. Thank you so much, Gyla, kicking us off here on Monday with that uh, that green uh, flash coming in. Thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, getting the ball rolling. You know, we really do appreciate that. If you guys aren't like Gyla, though, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, you don't have the ability to do the super sticker, which we really appreciate. Uh, click the thumbs up. You know, subscribe to the show uh, on the way. And I see the Facebook groups rolling in here now, the viewers. Hopefully you get those thumbs up and uh, yeah, let's say hello to some more people. David, you can in the house morning, uh, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Once how the phone calls might be a trader one or both in the draft talking about Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. We'll get into that. Had some interesting comments from uh, Sean Payton this weekend. Dominique Martin morning Broncos family. Looking forward to yet another great podcast. Ah, don't, uh, don't get ahead of yourself there. We'll see if it's great, uh, but uh, thank you so much. Guy also said before his super uh, good morning. Ready to hear the latest. So Judy and Sutton are not on the trading block. I, <laughs> what do you think, Scott? Um, I sent you the article. Obviously we can get into it here. What, what's going I on? I don't think they would be traded after Sean Payton comes out and says, we're not trading these guys. I really don't. I, okay. I just, I think he's, I think that means they're not on the trading block anymore. Um, you know, unless something changes or, you know, hey, if they come out, they would have to basically come out and say Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy have requested a trade. Otherwise, Peyton's not putting himself out there like that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, everybody's on the trading block. You know, mm -hmm. it's just everybody's for sale. There's a price for everybody. Now, your price, your price might be outrageous. It's like, oh, that's crazy. We call up, hey, we're interested in that Pat Sertan guy. Okay, well, we'll take Patrick Mahomes and your next two first round picks. Well, that's outrageous. Well, he's not for sale. You know, so it's, yeah. it, 
but there's a price for everybody. So, you know, to say he's on the trading block now actively shopping means that's more of a culture fit or a, a, uh, salary cap hit, but something that's where we're, we're really trying to get rid of this guy. Cause he just doesn't fit with our team anymore for one reason or another. I don't see that with these guys, you know, Sutton and Judy should have really good seasons coming up or at least improve on their seasons. And for all the teeth gnashing over the course of the year, Sutton had an okay year. I think I looked it up yesterday and he was like, he's like 22nd in average contract value, Nick yeah. 22nd, 24th. So he's not hugely expensive. And he was like 34th in yards. So the the pay to production wasn't totally out of balance. Not like Tim Patrick's, who was hurt. Um, you know, his was Sutton had a decent year, and it was considered a terrible year. Well, well, let's get up to what we would consider a good year, and it, it could be 1,200, 1,300 yards. And, and, and how many times did I say it, Nick? If you're talking me a third for Cortland Sutton, something's wrong. Something else is going on mm-hmm. because that doesn't make sense financially or in what you get back. It's not, it's not enough. Yeah. And I think that's the, the big thing here with the Broncos in this, uh, this information we're getting from Sean Payton saying the Broncos are not moving these two wide receivers and Judy and uh, Sutton. I think I'll disagree with you a little bit, Scott. I think things can happen and change uh, still, but I think that the Broncos were had a value that they said, okay, if we can get this, we would move them. It sounds like it was a first round pick or an equivalent to a first round pick for Jerry Judy. And it sounds like it was a second round pick or an equivalent to a second round pick for Cortland Sutton. The market did not uh, seem to warrant the, that demand. So they're not trading them. And uh, if things change during the NFL draft, let's say a team that really wanted a wide receiver doesn't end up with one they like in f- the first two days of the draft. Hey, maybe you're talking Broncos are getting a 2024 first round pick for Jerry Judy on day three of the draft or it's at during like a uh, round three after that other team passes and misses on something. So I don't think we're totally out of the woods in the trading of these two players, despite uh, Sean Payton's comments. But I do think that it is exceedingly unlikely. Now the Broncos had a value that they would have moved him for. Doesn't seem like that's out there for them right now. So they're going to keep him. I, I just think like he says, when he starts talking fastballs and backing guys off and yeah. pounding on the table, <laughs> you can't go back on that. You know, just unless something happens, like we've talked about, unless something happens mm-hmm. that everybody would say, okay, you, you can't, you have to take this and swallow your pride. You know, you may have said this, but you'd be stupid not to do it. It has to be universal, you yeah. know, that, that this is, the, that that's the only way you get out of this. Otherwise, Sean Payton isn't going to get up there and pound on the table and say, we are not doing it, you know, no new taxes, um, then I, I just I don't see it happening. I think they're I think they're they're Broncos. I really do. This is this is funny because we have very different views on this, maybe or care I guess about it. But first, Michael Ankiya, we care a lot. Uh, good saying. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. We really appreciate you. Hope you had a great weekend. Also, Miguel Santa Stephen coming in saying good morning, fellows. Hope you all had a great weekend. hundred bucks. It's coach talk. Yeah, that's see Miguel's there with me. I think if if the Broncos traded Jerry Judy tomorrow, Sean Payton could be go up there to me and say like ah. Things changed. I wouldn't care one bit. But you always care. use a hedge. You always hedge yeah. a little bit. You know, he he would come out there and say, you know, you know things. You hear him say that all the time. They always leave an out. Mm-hmm. You know, this, things can happen. Now we're not saying you know things can happen in the future, but right now we're planning on these guys being Denver Broncos. We're looking forward to working with him. Things can change in the future, but this is what we're doing right now. 
you hedge on that. You don't come yeah. about talking about, I don't throw fastballs very often, but when I do, I'm going to knock you off the plate and, and be all bravado about it and, and lay down lay down a line. Man. That's not coach speak. That's, that's the opposite of coach speak. That's definitives. Coaches don't speak in definitives ever unless they mean it. This guy's not going to be a part of our team anymore. They, they don't speak in definitives. They speak like lawyers. They always leave themselves an out, or they just flat out lie. I don't I think mean, he's coming to Denver Broncos with one of his first three or four press conferences and coming out and laying down a line and then going back on it. I, I just I just don't. And I think that... Can again, things change? Yes. yes. But it would have to be pretty big. It would have to be something big. Yeah, and my interpretation of it again still is that the Broncos have a value uh, that they would put both of these players on, and the market was not close to that right now. I mean, we were talking about Cortland Sutton. We want a second round for him. There was a lot of talk of like day three picks for Cortland Sutton. Well, in that case, you know, screw you. I'm going home. Uh, he's not available for that trade package. Uh, Jerry Judy, um, we want a first from. We still view him that way. Well, we'll give you a late two. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm going for a one. So maybe he comes out and says it this definitively because the market was so far um, from where the Broncos would have been willing to trade them. Uh, and things change like we've talked about, but uh, I think right now it's pretty safe to say they won't be traded, but I think it has more to do with what the market was. The callbacks on those are like, well, okay, well, if we were trading, what would you give up that? No. Uh, versus, you know, the fact that they want them, you know, do or die. We were never going to shop these guys. They certainly were shopping those guys. They wanted the draft capital and uh, they're still, a even despite Sean Payton's uh, comments, there's still a little bit uh, out there on that. So Miguel says, I like what Sean Payton said about uh, gathering talent time of year, not trading. Yes, the Broncos are trying to gather talent this time of year. Uh, they're also trying to gather draft picks to add talent. And some ways to do that is unfortunately where the Broncos are at having to trade away some players. So maybe the Broncos are going to be stuck where they are with their draft capital this year in terms of the overall value of picks they have because they can get more picks, but that means that you're trading better picks for Less valuable picks uh, to do that, but we'll see. Not less valuable. Mark Schrader, $15 coming in over on YouTube. Mark, down there in tar Texas, we appreciate you. Hope you had a good weekend, and hope you, uh, your Monday's off to a good start. Yeah, Mark, thanks for everything you do for us. Appreciate you, and uh, I, I'm thinking you got this rain, maybe, or maybe this came up from the Gulf. I always say Mark's kind of my weatherman. Hey, what, what's happening there? So I know what's going on in two days from now as it heads for Georgia. Jasmine coming in. She says, if Sutton and Judy can stay healthy, they will be lethal. That's always a big if. Um, at certain times during the season, each of them had moments. It was mm -hmm. the first couple of games for Sutton where he came out hot. Russell, that's my guy. He's throwing it to him, throwing it to him, then overcorrected. Then he doesn't see a target for four games. Um, Judy's kind of one target a game in the middle of the season. Then he becomes the guy at the end. So there's got to be more balance. More, I mean, they're called offensive coordinators, but more coordination, more balance mm -hmm. through the entire offense. I think there will be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I'd much rather see, I'd much rather see a steady stream of sixty-yard games from both of them, yeah, and maybe the occasional one eighty with a twenty, you know, on the next game, then three hundred yards across four games, and then nothing for the next three games, and then finish the season with three hundred yards again. No, they've got to be a, a part of the offense every single week, Jasmine. I agree, and I I think it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, Sean Payton really likes to play matchup football, so I think there will be games where the guys don't have a lot of output, and that's just mm-hmm. even if they're that's healthy. That's natural. Mm-hmm. That's that's just a natural ebb and flow. It's kind of like the same thing with uh, pass rushers. You know, some people like, oh, my God, the, your really good pass rusher hasn't had a sack in two games. Uh, has, it seems like he's been a non-factor in that regard. And then, you know, one week later, he has three sacks in one game. I think they happen in bunches. Uh, it's very, yep. um, you know, volatile. But last year, you know, going through some of the some of the numbers – Cortland Sutton started off the season seven, and this is yards in the first few weeks of the season, 72, 122, 97, 52, 74. His next three weeks were 14, 23, 13. Mm-hmm. And then it was 66, 80, 75. You throw out those three weeks where he was basically gone and he's a thousand yard receiver. And and yeah. I think some people are remembering some of those things. He didn't have a bad year last year. He just, he didn't. No. He was the other thing that, that is not it fully captured. Yeah. So was everybody. And so was his effort, which is what's pissing off Broncos fans. Yeah, his pass or his blocking went down. I was a little bit disappointed with his blocking uh, last season. I came on here a few times and was upset about that. But one thing about Cortland Sutton that uh, we don't really give enough credit to, and this is part of the Russell Wilson offense as well. But I think he was one of the top wide receivers last year in yards game yards gained off of uh, pass interference. Uh, so the ability to go down the field and you know get huge chunk yards. I mean. A 40-yard pass interference penalty is pretty much just as good as a 40-yard completion. So you're getting those as well. That uh, that does add up. Um, granted, you have to have some of those shots and get the luck. Sometimes the luck goes against you. Uh, looking at that, uh, still pissed off about that game at Arrowhead uh, where they called the pass interference on Sutton, and he was – honestly, he was being interfered with more than anything. But uh, I digress. Lou 101 saying, is it possible I the whole – I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, that was just horrible. I forgot about that one. Oh, God, just terrible. Uh, it's possible the whole Sutton Judy trade talk was driven by media guys chasing online click based purely on low draft picks this year. I don't think so. I think the Broncos were gauging the market uh, for all these guys. And if there's anybody they're going to get rid of, that seemed to be the surplus there. I mean, it doesn't seem like even in the history of Sean Payton's Saints, they were never a team that was like, you know, four deep at wide receiver. They like to use the tight ends and the running backs as much as the wide receivers. So, uh, I mean, obviously uh, anything like that, your teams and media, whatever are going to try to, uh, 
lean on that and talk about it as much as possible because the speculation is fun. Uh, but I do think there was real smoke there. Just the value uh, that the Broncos were getting back was not going to be worth what they viewed those players being worth. I think it's, it's I wouldn't say solely, purely kind of mean solely as in the only factor. Who else benefits from media buzz, Nick? The NFL. Agents. 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 That's part of their job is to leak that stuff and get it out there and get their client's name in the news and circulating. Those are agents who do that as much as anybody. Adam Schefter and um, Ian Rappaport, they're not talking to coaches all the time. They're not talking to player personnel people all the time. They're getting 90% of their information from agents. That's where that's coming from. And agents have their job is to generate interest. So it's not just the media on this. The, the media can be a tool of the agents for their clients. So, um, Again, this is twice now, Nick. I'm like sticking yeah. up for media and coaches who What's stand going on? in front of the podiums and tell fibs. Who is so, this? <laughs> I don't know. Who is this guy? What? what? <laughs> Where's Scott? Uh, Jamal Killings. Good morning. We know Jamal. Good to see you, Jamal. Michaela Israel. Good morning to you with the smiling sun. Jesse Hillborn saying good morning. Also good to see you, Jesse. We always appreciate it. We got Robbie Red saying woo. Quote Ric Flair. Always good to see you, Robbie. We appreciate you. Cristiano saying good morning and great week to all. Uh, thankful I was just a little late. Yeah, we uh, we were busy doing some mock draft stuff over on the Falcons channel. Scott wanted to wrap it up. I'm like, no, we're finishing this. We got three seventh round picks. We got to do it. Clayton here on Morning Broncos Country. Smash that like button and share, guys. Uh, in Florida this morning, it's 75 degrees. Whew, that is uh, that's scorching in my book. That's that's a beautiful summer day out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I, uh, I got a little torch this weekend to burn my forehead, my nose, my arms. It was uh, it was sunny, and then I come down here and you're I'm getting a canoe to get into my driveway. It's uh, the Southeast is different when it comes to weather. They always say, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. Well, I drove a big triangle this weekend from Atlanta to Birmingham to Nashville and back. And it was, it was very different. I saw some 40 degree weather, some 85 degree weather, mm. some big thunderstorms. It was, uh, it was fun. 75 is chilly. That's that, that's put on a jacket down in Florida. Oh, that's perfect. Gary come in with coming in that Broncos orange says, good morning, Nick and Scott. You're doing great. Appreciate you. I hope you're doing great as well. Yeah. Uh, Broncos for breakfast for life. Broncos and Buckham with a B. And Jesse Francisco Sanchez comes in with a good question. You know, we can we can kind of put a bow on this too. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Do you all believe that Coach Payton comments finally put an end to the trade rumors of Sutton and Judy or possible smoke and mirrors a move could still be made? Um, I don't think it puts an end to it, but I think it'll be quiet for a while. I, I think it will it will simmer down for a while. Something is going to have to change for that to kick up again, in my opinion. But is it is it ended? It's never ended. It, there's never an end to trade rumors. And like I said, everybody is for sale. It's like, oh, is, are they shopping this guy? Is he on the trading block? Everybody's on the trading block. Everybody's got a price. And if, if you're a player and you get your feelings hurt because your name's in the news because of this, then that's that's the game. I don't I don't really believe that either, Nick. Oh, this yeah. guy's upset about you know, you know his, his name being floated around. That's actually a good thing. It's better to be talked about than not. Um, but does it put an end to it? No, not an end. But it's going to get quiet. It's going to get real quiet for a while. The price is the price. If you're willing to pay it, then you give us a call. If not, quit blowing up my phone. Uh, I'm not selling it for you. Know, we have, we're on the Facebook Marketplace. We're asking for a first-round pick or a second-round pick for one of them. You're calling in and offering a day-three pick. 
we're not selling in that case. So uh, we got CIA saying shout outs to Scott Kennedy and Nick Kendall from Greeley, Colorado. Hey, out there in Greeley, CIA, you guys know now they got the uh, better watch out for them. Where's the FBI? Are they out there in uh, Longmont, Colorado? You guys buddies, but appreciate you CIA. Uh, Hope you're doing well. Also, we got our guy Darius Simmons saying we got to get a beer next time you come to Nashville, Scott. Yeah, shoot me a note. You can find me. Uh, I think you can find me on on Twitter at Scout Kennedy, and uh, and and then I don't know. I was up in Franklin. I come up there at least once a year because my uh, and I'll be up there again in the fall because my son plays in a soccer league, a four state Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, a four state soccer league. That's just our division. Um, and you play a home and away with every team. So we play once in Alabama, three times in Tennessee, Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville. But we were in Franklin, and we got there pretty early. So we, we had about six, seven hours to kill. Got to see a buddy of mine in Birmingham. Uh, had lunch with him on my way up there. So absolutely, shoot me a note. We'll be up, we'll, we should be up there again in the fall, assuming he's still playing in this, in this same league. Also got our guy Greg Smith coming in saying good morning with all the, uh, the breakfast uh, emojis there. We appreciate you, Greg. I don't know if we got this $1 one from Mark, but he uh, that was an appetizer to the $15 one he had coming in. Uh, so we also got Malachi coming in saying, happy we're keeping both of them. He has a Cortland Sutton jersey. Well, good. I'm pulling for you to keep that value in that jersey. I only buy uh, Legends jerseys at this exactly. point. Exactly. <laughs> so that way I get the most bang for my buck because the jerseys are so ungodly expensive. Uh, but uh, God bless you, man. That's uh, I hope that Sutton jersey uh, plays out well for you. I told you one of my 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 favorite stories was it was that 98 Falcons. So it was like 97, that 97 Falcons team. I'm 24 years old. Just started dating this woman who ends up being my wife for the last 20 something years. But come Christmas, she gets me a uh, gets me a Falcons jersey and it was number five Anderson. She knew Anderson was my favorite player, but that was Morton. <laughs> and by God, I wore it all the time. And when he kicked the Falcons the Super Bowl the next year, I had that jersey on that number five. People were like, Morton. So I'm like, yeah, you bet your ass I wore that jersey. It's like that comedian has talked about, you know, when your three-year-old daughter walks up to you and hands you a plastic phone, you answer it. (laughs) 100%. Quentin Caldwell, morning, everybody. Good to see you, Quentin. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully the coffee is kicking in as for you guys So as much as it is for (laughs) We got Zach all saying proud of the Peytons. Uh, Keeping both son and Judy is only going to benefit and help this offense. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And so the Broncos still have both of these players underneath contract control in this upcoming season. I want us to add this to the conversation as well. Just let's say the Broncos, we have a first round pick on Judy and a second round pick on Sutton. We're not moving them for anything less than that or an equivalent to that. What would equal a second? Let's say you get two thirds. That's an equivalent to a second, that kind of thing. I don't think that the, are these rumors going to bed maybe for this season. Guess what? You still have both these players underneath cost control. 
Uh, you might see these rumors flare up again next season. You might see these rumors flare up again during the trade deadline. Uh, the Broncos right now, they've been shopping these guys, not just uh, when Sean Payton's been here. I mean, Judy's been floated around in the trade market. Apparently, there was, uh, we talked about it on here, but there was a lot of smoke about last trade deadline with Jerry Judy potentially being moved. Didn't come to fruition. Uh, but just because, let's say, they put these um, trade rumors to bed for now, that doesn't mean they're not going to flare up again come the trade deadline during the season or next offseason because they still have both these guys underneath cost control uh, for next season as well. Corlin Sutton's got a $25.5 million dead cap this year. You know what that number yeah. jump drops to next year? Like four? Seven and a half. Yeah. It, it's, it, there's an $18 million difference in his dead cap from this year to next year. Why would you move on from him this year? It financially, it doesn't make any sense unless you can get an offer that helps make up for the fact that you're eating $20 million in dead cap. Now he's got a decent size base salary. So some of that would be offset mm -hmm. by what you would, what you would get back. Obviously that said, it makes so much more sense. If you want to move him just to do it next year, next yeah. year, if you want, if you want to move on, if it doesn't work out and guess what, Nick, he won't be the only one. If Cortland Sutton has moved, if things go bust this year, he's not going to be the only one that's moved off of his contract next year. There's going to be a lot of change next season. I mean, you could even argue if things go relatively well <laughs> that uh, some of these guys might still be moved. You know, that's the value that you have on those players that you're not getting. Let's say the offense with the uh, second year with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton here, everything looks a little better. Well, we're still interested in the same level. Now it's, you know, instead of a second round pick, we're looking for a top 40 pick uh, for yeah. Cortland Sutton. Next next year he's got a seventeen million dollar cap hit against a um against a seven million dollar dead cap. That means you're vulnerable. I don't care how good you are. We've talked about that with Garrett Bowles and Justin Simmons. Mm. You're vulnerable at that rate. Yeah. Without a doubt. Richard Miles, good morning, guys, and good morning to all the Broncos fans out there. Buck you, Richard. Good to see you coming in. Uh, we always appreciate you guys. Malachi was saying you're right uh, about the jerseys. He's got a Manning and an Elway one. Yep. There you go. That's uh, now we're talking. I think the next one I'll get. I have a Champ Bailey and a uh, Manning and an Elway. I don't know. I think a Shannon Sharp one would be pretty damn good. I love Shannon. He's a he's a funny dude and uh, would love to rock that eighty four Shannon at Sharp. Water. Atwater, that's a good one too. Those are uh, my kind of guys. I'd go, I'd go Atwater. See, I played tight end. Tight end was my favorite, and Shannon Sharp is just hilarious. And also, he's still a huge brand because of uh, his uh, sports talk stuff. So I'm, I might have to go Shannon Sharp. But uh, appreciate you guys coming in. Um, other comments here from Sean Payton in this interview that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, he was pretty much said, you know, like we're not going to trade uh, Cortland. He likes the group that they're working with. But I thought it was pretty interesting. He talked about. Uh, Russell Wilson as well, and how the league was so tough on him. Um, he said that last season um, about Wilson struggling, having a horrible season. Legal do that to you sometimes. Uh, will humble us quickly, generally speaking. If it's humbling the quarterback, there are a lot of dirty hands. I absolutely love that comment. Uh, a lot of dirty hands if the quarterback is playing well. And it's pretty interesting because obviously the quarterback, the head coach get most of the blame, most of the credit. Uh, it's always going to be that way. But for the quarterback, um, you can I, maybe the most – dependent position on them being success is everything else around them working. And you and I, me as I'll put it on me, put a lot of blame on Russell Wilson last season. I think it was still deserved, uh, but maybe it's a little bit over the top from the overall media and Sean Payton's right. If it's as bad as the Broncos were last season, it's not just the quarterbacks. There are a lot of dirty hands. Yeah. There's a lot of changes coming. And no, I I've said for 18 months, you know, this interior offensive line is so bad. I have trouble figuring out how bad is Russell Wilson. Now he's not doing things. Yeah, it, it, 
they're all connected and it, it compounds on one another. If you don't trust your line, you don't trust your reach. You don't trust the time. You're making poor decisions. You're pulling your head down because I'm about to get shellacked. Mm-hmm. I've got Lloyd Cushenberry's hips in my lap, getting a lap dance every time I snap the ball and try and drop back because he's he's dropping back. Guys are blowing right through Reisner. Got a revolving door at right tackle. It, it starts there for me. Quinn Miners was out the first, you know, he went out in the first quarter, first half of the first game and missed about a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the offensive line was so bad that it started there. The line didn't get a whole lot better during the season. And Russell Wilson, he if you're looking at a chart, it's like, how did he play? It went down, 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 down until the end. And you got a little stability and and Hackett's gone. You're changing things up a little bit, running the ball more. Latavius Murray comes in. You get some continuity along the offensive line, and, and then his play ticks up again. How we're gonna find out this year. We feel yeah. better about the offensive line coach coming in because the bar has been set so low. And you uh, on paper, you have solved left guard and right tackle. We can talk a little bit about center, Nick. We haven't done that yet. And, you know, I still think you need to to work on center some. But other than that, the offense should be on paper in good shape. Should be on paper. So if it's not, there's going to be some changes made with paper and people's contracts and where they are playing. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Chill guy says we can't get value for the wide receivers this year. How we do it next year Uh, because they play better and there's more demand for them. Then, I mean, they're both coming off of relative down seasons. uh, That's been very. Uh, unstable in Denver. And if they play better with Peyton Manning and second year of Russell Wilson and have better production and output, then one would argue uh, that there should be more demand uh, for their services elsewhere. Now, the thing about Judy is that you'd only have one year of control left after this season, I guess relative to uh, because you have the, the franchise tag in your pocket, but not cost control. Uh, so that's the big detriment there in terms of moving Judy, if you were bent on doing that, but you still have the ability to do that. And if they play better next year in a system that's better for them, then you might be able to get better value for them. Seems pretty simple. Miguel comes in, says, sorry, I'm being a chatterbox. Never apologize, Miguel. You're a big part of this show. What is the Broncos draft situation for next year? They have a full allotment of picks, don't they? I don't think they... They flipped second and third round picks uh, with the Saints for the Sean Payton move. So they have the Saints okay. third, but they gave up their own that's second. Right. So not, not bad. So that's... They almost have their full allotment of picks. So one of their seconds is now a third. Okay. And it'd be the Saints third. Yes. So root for the Falcons, everybody. <laughs> you, yeah. you want that Saints pick to be 34. Um, third round pick. I'm sorry. So it would be 64, 65. You want it to be, you want it to be right in there. Um, so yeah, for, compared to the last two years, Miguel, you got a full allotment of picks, but there will be some, some bookkeeping done. Uh, and David comes in with a comment I agree with. I've, I've said all along. says, you can blame it on Russ, but all the injuries, the offensive line was god-awful. And frankly, these guys weren't real good when they were healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I- again, did Russell Wilson play poorly last year? Yes. Am I ready to say that Russell Wilson is done? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. Not until he gets the support in front of him and a leader on the sideline instead of a leash holder. I don't even know what to call it. A, a stable pony. Um, in, in Nathaniel Hackett, you know, Sean Payton will direct this team. It's, it's his team. It's not Russell Wilson's and Russell, if you don't like it, Jared Stenham's going to come in and play. Yeah. You know, good luck to you next year. Um, so I, I, it's 
We'll find out. Like I said, we'll, there, there won't be any more excuses. First year this, first year that. doesn't matter. Last year was so bad. If it doesn't get any better, there's going to be wholesale changes. Wholesale changes. And it ain't going to be Sean Payton. Yeah, no, he's he's the stable one now, uh, unless he wants to be out, which, God, what a, what a terrible move that would be. Let's not even breathe that uh, in there. But, yeah, <laughs> Quentin saying – uh, not Russ getting a lap dance from a person he's not married to. Hey, I'm not saying he was he 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 like was part of it. Like he knew it was coming. Like he you know, hey, come over here. No, I'm not saying that. But if someone falls in your lap, that's not his fault. That, that wasn't on Russ. And and he had he had Cushionberry in his lap a lot last year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And the big thing, I've seen some comments on it as well, and I agree. It's not just the the pass protection that were issues last season, but it was the run game personnel. And you can see by the moves that the Broncos made this season that they are trying to build a team that is very run-oriented. People are uh, concerned about Mike McGlinchey's uh, pass protection, but you know what he is good at? He's really good at run blocking. Ben Powers, maybe not the best athlete in space, but really solid, doesn't get pushed back, and can blow guys off the line of a scrimmage. Um, so another one, I mean, you added a run blocking tight, tight end. You added a very strong, uh, running back, you added a fullback to the offense. Well, everything screams run game personnel to help set up better situations for the pass. And God, if anybody has this stat out there, I'm the stats guy. I've been looking for it. I don't see anybody who keeps it, but average yards to go per down Broncos had to be the longest yards to go in the NFL in third down last season. Cause they were the number one sack team. I think they were the, the worst team in, uh, run success rate or like, you know, at least like three yards of carry. They were terrible. They were one of the most stuffed run teams last season and they were one of the most penalized offenses. So all of that to me screams third and long a lot. And you know, what's really freaking hard to do on third and long drop back pass game and get the yard, the uh, yardage needs needed to convert. Uh, so oh, that and all... by the way, your offensive line isn't very good and you're predictable on offense. You, those guys that are in front of you are teeing off. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's no hesitation I don't have to worry about play action. I don't have to worry about uh, the threat of the run. I can just tee off. It's yep. third and long every time. Those guys, those guys up front are going to eat. They're so, they're living for it. They live for third and long. But if you are a, gosh, if you are doing somebody like if you're playing third and three, third and four, pretty consistently, rather than you living in third and eight, what you are able to do is whatever you want. Vastly, vastly the different. Um, yeah, so that's that. I think that's the biggest thing that you're going to see an emphasis on this year with the Broncos. The let Russ cook era is not done. They're probably going to go back to more of what, uh, the Pete Carroll, <laughs> uh, Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. But you know what? I think that's Russell Wilson better be okay with it. Otherwise he's not going to be here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. DJ Capo and the LH Bulldogs. He says they did get a center. So yeah, the, the Denver Broncos did sign a center, Kyle Fuller. No, the other one. Uh, had spent five years, one, two, three, four, five, and then five years in the NFL, the last three with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'd ask if you'd seen him play, but most people haven't because he hasn't played a whole lot. Just so I'm, I'm kind of going off what I see on, on, uh, on PFF. And it's basically, uh, this is a, a depth move. This is a, I read this reading the tea leaves. This is a guy to come in and this is a one of your 90 to 95 to come in preseason. I don't think this guy's being brought in to be a starting center. You, you still got work to do with that position. Just adds competency. I mean, where were we at at the center position? Lloyd Cushenberry coming off injury when he was rumored to be healthy last season, they kept him on the injured reserve. So obviously the last regime wasn't a big fan of him. He's still here. He still has another year of 
cost control. So we'll see what happens with him uh, next season. But this is a move where now your next center that's taking snaps isn't one Luke Wattenberg, who struggled immensely last season, uh, was just, he looked so small, getting bullied at the point of attack, even more so than Cushionberry was. So if you're running into more of a gap scheme here at the Broncos, you know, more power oriented in the front, Wattenberg might not have a freaking spot on the roster, let alone uh, the second guy in line taking snaps. So getting somebody out there uh, with some competency to that room uh, for the 90 man roster was very necessary. It wouldn't be if you can still bring in, you know, Connor McGovern or a different center out there before the draft or after the draft or draft one early, this move doesn't make a difference at all to me. Uh, But as a CIA says, it's a depth move. You just needed another body in there. Mm -hmm. Somebody who Russell Wilson has familiarity with, I think is nice. Uh, so getting Kyle Fuller in there, good. You have another competent person for the 90-man roster. Yeah, he's he's been in the NFL for six seasons, and typically a full-time starter will get about 1,000 snaps uh, over the course of a season. He's got 700 in his career uh, in six seasons, most of which being in 2021 in Seattle. He had 447. Uh, for what it's worth, his, his overall grade was 46.5 on PFF. His run blocking grade was 53.6, and his pass blocking grade was 31.3. That may sound bad, but that was a, an improvement over his 2020 numbers in Seattle, where he was a 32.2 overall with a 39 run block grade and an 18.8. I'm not sure I've seen a grade that bad ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't your guy. <laughs> Something, Something's going to have to really go strange for a guy that's been in the league for six years and played 700 snaps, more than half of them in one season. And, you know, I, I kind of say that. I always said that about recruiting. It's like, well, what do you know? You're not a coach. I know if you're not getting the guys that a moron like me can pick out, you're going to get beat by the teams that are getting the guys that a moron like me that can pick out. Now, you can take pro football focus with a grain of salt, but you're not scoring in the 18s if you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, they needed more people who could snap the ball for the 90-man roster. If he makes the team, who knows? Uh, that's that's more of an indictment on Luke Wattenberg year two, I think, than anything else. But uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in saying G-Town's getting on the map, especially with UNC wrestlers taking the Nationals a week ago. We got talent coming up. Watch out. Uh, Georgetown? Is that who we're talking about here? I'm not sure where Lawrence is from. I feel like you're. I feel like you've got some Colorado in you, Lawrence. Um, but it sounds like uh, UNC wrestler. I'm not sure. Go. Something just happened to my phone. Hmm. Well, that was strange. I mean, my computer just said all of these transfers are canceled. And I just got a pop up. That can't be good. Anyway, well, um, hopefully you're okay there, Scott. I will take the brains here for a second while you see what's going on. Um, Sean Payton continued the interview with uh, Tom Pelissero, uh, saying, back to the losing program, the Broncos last season, five wins. You can look at every element and say, man, here are some of the reasons why this happened. Unfortunately, the quarterback and the head coach generally are at the forefront of the firing line. Russ knows that, and he understands that. So I, I see someone who is still young. I see someone who we played against them, not only the regular season, but the postseason number of times. Seattle became kind of this challenge for us. I think the important thing will be not just Russell Wilson. It's every other element of the building, how we prepare, how we practice the training room, the weight room, all these other pieces will be evaluated just as closely as Russell Wilson will be evaluated. And ultimately you want to paint the right picture for that player. And I think we can do that. So again, very Sean Payton, not a dumb man by any means. And 
really setting it up. We're trying to take the heat off of Russell Wilson with his comments here about everybody struggling last year and uh, how they're going to you know, deal with improving everything around Russell Wilson. But still, at the end of the day, using all these things that they're going to improve around him to paint a better picture of Russell Wilson. So it, it all comes back around to me where we're still very much in the evaluation. We're going to fix the things institutionally, uh, how the program's being run, but then we're going to have a better idea of what's up with Russell Wilson, and we'll make that evaluation when the time comes. Right, which is what we've said all along. How can you how can you get a, come to a, a verdict on Russell Wilson and the offense when all these other things are broken? From your your I'm not the the, the injuries. Okay, we're going to try and address that and get that fixed through this patchwork offensive line. Uh, you know, Nick, my first year covering this team was 20, 2021. Which was Peyton's first full year. And I said, if there was anything I would be critical of, you know, he went like executive of the year, draft class of the year, all these things. If there's anything I would have been critical of that first year was not doing a better job of addressing the right tackle position when you had available salary cap space. And I know, you know, Juwan James is out there, but you got to do something. Um, yeah. It's like, it was like, they've got all this available cap space. Well, what good is that doing you when you're not spending it to help address the right tackle? That was the big, the big miss for me. So that's been a problem for two years. Mm-hmm. That's been addressed in a big way, Nick. You know, you go you right so. tackle, spend 90, you know, I'll, I hate saying it, but you spend $90 million on right tackle. Um, you spend a ton of money at left guard. It's It's been addressed. You know, these guys aren't idiots. Like I've said, no. if an idiot like me can see it, so can they. Now, what becomes what they can fix based on the resources they have might not be, you know, might not be what we want it to be right away, but they're dealing with more information than we are. Yeah, well, that's we'll see how it is. But you're you're absolutely correct. The Broncos again leaned really heavy into that run game personnel. They paid big money for it. Hopefully, they get solid return on investment. Uh, that's always the one where okay, you you addressed it, but how does it play out now? And I mentioned it earlier on the show when we were talking about uh, not this one, the other show. Uh, why are the Falcons ranked low? Well, Desmond Ritter is an unknown. Uh, we don't want to get that false positive like many had with uh, Drew Locke from one year. I'm also bringing it back to the Broncos because that's how I can re- relate to things or build on experience. Broncos made Juwan James the highest paid right tackle in NFL history three off seasons ago, and he played like 60 snaps for the Broncos over the I didn't think uh, that many. It might have been less, um, but uh, just because you spent big money doesn't mean that it's going to work out. So hopefully for the Broncos, it works out, but. It's a wait and see uh, with that one. Rob Bucksbaum, morning, Nick uh, and Scott. Join a little late. Do you think Patrick's possibly traded with Cortland and Jerry being allegedly safe? I don't think Patrick's going anywhere, especially with the injury that he's coming off of. He's probably the safest one of the bunch because you are like the Broncos weren't able to get value what they thought um, for Sutton or Judy. Otherwise, I think they would be not here anymore. Uh, Patrick, you're probably going to get less. There's just the uncertainty with the injury. So Patrick's sticking around. Then one who right now seems like maybe the Broncos would just even take a conditional pick for him is KJ Hamler. Uh, but KJ's dealing with another injury. So it's you might just be where you are. And the Broncos also made a move, adding Marquez Callaway uh, to the wide receiver room. Didn't get paid very much, but another body that is uh, familiar with the Sean Payton offense and somebody who, I mean, heck, if somebody isn't performing, you have another option there. And that's what I asked when we said, oh, let's, we should trade KJ Hamler. I'm like, okay, would you send a draft pick to the Broncos. Let's say you run another team. Would you send a draft pick to the Broncos for KJ Hamler? No, I wouldn't. No way. 600 yards in three seasons and spent more time in the tub, you know, on on the injured list. No way. Absolutely not. Um, Patrick is possibly traded. Okay. Not coming off an injury. So not during the off season. If he comes out and shows that he can play, 
than maybe during the season, but then you don't want to trade him. Yeah. You know, then then you don't want to keep him. Wouldn't you be kind of mad if you did? Um, you know, maybe the season's going in the tank, but Patrick's having a good season. One of these guys in, you spin him off the way he did Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. So I, I would say that, that Patrick's not going anywhere. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, we appreciate you. I'll see the comments in here. It was Greeley. Um, UNC Greeley had a big one. Um, so hopefully my internet didn't just drop there for a second. I hear I a lot of stream yard because mine went down to a bar too. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, not good, but I mean, it's not just me. So <laughs> that's good. Nick, how the computer? I thought, I think it's doing well. Um, sometimes the internet still is, uh, drops for a second, but it was fine. And also, yeah, Georgetown is, uh, G town is Greeley. UNC North Carolina has a national championship wrestler this year. Well, I'm very, um, bitter about the wrestling this season because uh my guy spencer lee uh, was taken down. i don't know if you saw the video of him losing his match against uh oh god who'd they lose to purdue um and his mom breaking her glasses like just in frustration just snapping them like 10 times and talk talk about some passion there but uh iowa you know maybe not getting it done for wrestling this year but it's okay and also nick's nick is good scott got glitchy that yeah, is mine, mine dropped down to a, a dot too so sometimes Streamyard and it, there, there's a lot of links in this chain and any one of them goes bad but i think you know for the most part we're we try to do okay i can't get any faster in it i'm like on two gig for god's sakes so yeah sometimes sometimes we have a little problem but hopefully it will uh <laughs> sometimes we'll this is funny jeremy sean coming in i'm gonna interrupt myself because i got a, a a grin on this one it says the mom needs to chill Jeremy, I don't remember if we've talked about you having kids or not. When I was, you know, covering football, and then once I had kids, I'm actually surprised I didn't have more crazy parents. It's I was like, I know better during this process, and I'm still crazy about it. So it's tough. It's tough. The older they typically, the older they get, usually the easier it is. Mm-hmm. You you become a little more conditioned to it, but it's uh, it's hard. It's hard watching. I gotta. Yeah a goalkeeper's son and he plays baseball. There's a lot of failure there. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's uh I can't even imagine. Um so uh God bless to you parents out there. I I was at the, you know, Iowa game yesterday and I needed to chill granted. <laughs> and it's not my kid. If it was my kid, I'd be absolutely bonkers. So um we'll Real see. Real quick Nick, we we talking about um, you know, Falcons and over/unders. The over-under for DraftKings for the Denver Broncos. Have you seen it? Do you know what it is? I have no idea. Give me a go. The over DraftKings came out with their over-unders for wins and lost totals for every team in the NFL. Um, what do you think the Denver Broncos came in at? They don't typically do non-halves because they don't like push pushes out they there. They are doing it. So, they yeah, are? they okay. are non-halves. So, there is a half in there. You did a double negative there. It threw me off. Okay. Aiky, well, come on, man. I was going to say eight. It's eight and a half. Okay. I was going to say eight. I would put the Broncos at eight and a half or nine. Um, but I think I thought the national media perspective would be eight. That was a little higher than I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think that because just because there's so much Russell Wilson is toast talk out there. But again, it, it all comes down to they're not trying to make predictions. What they're trying to predict is where people will bet, not mm-hmm. where they will finish. Yeah. So they're they're in line usually. I mean, it ends up being kind of the same thing, but not always. So the bigger teams, you know, will will get the benefit of that. You see it in college football all the time. Um, so they're trying to bet where they're trying to predict where people will bet because, ironically, gambling sites don't want to gamble. They mm-hmm. want equal on both sides so they can take their three to five percent and just make that. That's that's not gambling. Um, but it was eight and a half. I uh, 
if this team goes nine and eight, and and <laughs> this is an interesting question, Nick. If this team goes nine and eight, and it's fairly spread out, so it's not like they start at zero and seven and then go nine and two to finish or nine and one to finish, but fairly consistent all year. What happens in twenty twenty four with some of these big deals, with some of these big contracts and stuff? I think they're still looking to maybe move some guys on just to reset the contracts there and get some draft picks to get continue to build the team and what Sean Payton wants to do. The big one there that would be really interesting is what does it look like with Russell Wilson? Because I'll tell you the Broncos, I mean, I still don't think, you know, they're totally in love with Russ with uh, Sean Payton there. Again, that's just me, you know, conjecture on that, that end, but does Russell Wilson, does Russell Wilson play well enough that uh, maybe you can trade him for a low pick that the, the cap hit isn't as big then versus outright releasing him? You know, is he like competent enough where like a team, let's say, Oh God, I don't know. Uh, the Buccaneers next season, they, they kick the can around with Baker Mayfield and Kyle, uh, Kyle Trask and they're not very good, but guess what? We can trade a third round pick for Russell Wilson. The Broncos are going to eat a lot of that signing bonus anyway. So he's not going to be very expensive for us. It's better for the Broncos on their books to do that. So uh, would be really interesting to see what that plays out with in the potential trade market for Russell Wilson. But uh, eight and nine, nine and eight, there's still going to be some some big turnover in my opinion. I I kind of agree with that one. It's yeah. Like that was the, I I feel like this team is still set up. They haven't you know other than Bradley Chubb, which you needed to get Sean Payton, uh, you needed that pick to be able to get Sean Payton. There haven't been really any moves, negative moves for this team. It's all been positive. You don't go and spend a ton of money on those guys and then say, okay, we're we're rebuilding for the next next year. No, I, I think you're you're gonna see we're gonna make a run at this thing. We're gonna do everything we can to support what we've got. Then we'll see what we've got after 17 games. We'll figure it out in the offseason. Uh Austin coming in blue. He says, think the Broncos trade one of the third rounders for extra picks. Do I think they will? No. Do I think they could? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think there's just good players that you can get in, in depth positions. You can get a good wide receiver. You can get a good running back. You can get a good interior lineman with those, you know, a safety with those third round picks where you can get a really good player where you need them, mm -hmm. um, especially interior line and running back. I can get an upgrade at left guard. I can get an – sorry, left guard's been taken care of. Center. I can get an upgrade at center in the third round. I absolutely can, Nick, and I can get a productive running back. I can get a depth piece at wide receiver in the third round. I don't know that I'm coming out of those spots, Nick. Uh, last year, the Broncos traded, I believe it was pick 75, down to pick 80, and ended up getting an extra fifth in the process. I want to say that's the type of thing that, that turned I into Wazarike? Mm, I think it turned into one of the, like – one Not of the picks they moved to get like Luke Wattenberg or something like that, but still it's they another back up to get Wattenberg. I, 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 but I think that they got a, another pick that they could then okay. make moves on day three to target people. So I think it's certainly possible. You can see the Broncos to move that one of those third round picks back a little bit in order to get more picks this year, the way the I've run enough simulators now, just kind of seeing who's available and who I value that. I feel like after pick 80 pick 90, uh, there's like a huge tier difference. I'm having a hard time with like the players in that like 85 to 110 range where it's like, man, I don't really love any of these guys, but mm -hmm. around pick 60 to 80, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> all these ones are like pretty darn good. So if the Broncos could move from pick, what are they at? 68 down to pick like 72 and get an additional fifth round pick in the process or like two, six, a six this year and a six next year. You bet your butt. Uh, I'm as all about always, that. As always, it depends on what the offer is. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, takes two to tango, as they as they like to say. But uh, I think it's certainly a possibility with the Broncos uh, that they move back. But I would, I would argue that they should not move back too far because I think there's a like, there's a drop off uh, close to the bottom 100. And if you're trading out of the third round for a bunch of day three picks, you're gave, you're giving up a probably a pretty good chance at a solid contributor for the 2023 season for very low odds of hitting players. Um, Jeremy, going back to, you know, kid talk here in sports, he says, we played catch with my daughter yesterday and she was flinching catching a tennis ball from two feet away. Uh, what's interesting about baseball is the progression of skills, baseball or softball, whatever, isn't what you'd think it would be. What comes first is hitting, believe it or not. The kids can hit the ball before they can throw it accurately. And the last thing to come is actually catching. Um, and if you can get her to catch like this with Adam, I've got my hand up. They, all the kids, when you throw them a ball, they turn their hands up, palms up and catch it and bring it into their body. And when they go and start to try and play baseball or softball, Ouch. they're running around like servers, carrying like bartenders, carrying a plate of drinks, trying to catch the ball. And it, that takes a long time to try and get them out of it. So just toss them a ball and catch it, snatch it anyway. There's your uh, there's your dad advice for for kids in sports for the, the that one minute. Sorry, Arnie. <laughs> Arnie Mace. Broncos country, man. What are you doing talking softball? The future Broncos. Uh, Driscoll coming in uh, with Christopher Allen being on IR as rookie. Do you think he'll have a surprise impact on edge of the season? It's one of those things where you have to see it to believe it. Maybe the I mean, he still went completely undrafted. I'm wondering if there's long term concerns with his uh, injury that he suffered, uh, but. He's a lottery ticket that you took last season that you put on ice that I believe because when the injury occurred, it's a non-football related injury. So you still have all, I think you have four years of control left of him, maybe even longer. You might even be like the exclusive rights free agents down the line. Uh, so he certainly could make an impact on the team and give them long-term options at edge, but need to see it first uh, from him at all. But he's there. He's a wild card. Yeah, I think Driscoll, appreciate you coming in. Um, any impact would be a surprise at this point. It's it's gravy. You know, mm -hmm. he, he the... Your only cost right now, <clears throat> excuse me, would be if you use a roster spot on him. He didn't cost mm -hmm. you anything. So um, if you uh, if you get him any impact at all, I think it's uh, kind of like Jonathan Cooper. You, you took Jonathan Cooper in the seventh, and he had some good reps. That's that's a positive. So we'll see. Um, that will be the one good thing that OTAs are good for if he's out there working on that. Yeah. And uh, preseason, always fun to see the reps out there with that. And Gary Palmer, going to wrap it on up for us as we're here at 8.30 now saying, uh, don't think the pick for Sean Payton was a bad trade. I mean, we don't either. I think a lot of people kind of like, oh, you don't do this for a head coach, but Broncos wanted a big fish. Uh, they seems like they went hard after Harbaugh. It didn't work out that way. So they also, they're damn happy to get Sean Payton in here. And Sean Payton is bringing accountability and vision uh, to this team that they desperately needed. So we will see in due time if it was a good, uh, how the, the actual results play out. But uh, as far as a process, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think most of y'all know how I felt about this, about this. Uh, I was adamant that a first round pick was peanuts for the right coach. The guy is there to, to improve 53 players and he's got a track record of doing so. Will he, obviously there's hindsight, all these type of things, but this is one of the best coaches of our generation. Yeah. He took a team Broncos country. You have no idea how bad the new Orleans saints were as a franchise. You just don't until Sean Payton got there. You, you don't, you don't really get it. You've been, I've, I've used the word spoiled before. You don't get what it's like. Picture the last two years 
for your entire existence. That's what the New Orleans Saints have been with a, a blip on the radar where they make a playoff run once a decade. The first round picks you had, you're not doing you any good. You're, you're losing games constantly. You know, I, I mentioned Pat Sertan. Nick, you couldn't have hit any better than you did on that pick. Pat Sertan, you've got him for two years. He's he's cheap for one more season. Then he's really expensive. For a, a talent-to-cost-control perspective, that ratio is only going to become more even. He's as cheap and talented and valuable to your team now as he's ever going to be. Yeah. And you're, you're fifth worst in the NFL. That wouldn't have happened if Sean Payton was a coach last year. Yeah. As valuable as he is, I'm like, there's, I've said it, and I don't mean this as hyperbole. There's only a few picks in the history of this league that are worth having over the right coach. Yeah. It's a good trade. It's a good trade. The big thing is that you haven't really seen the market bear out where coaches are being moved for picks that often. So that's a lot of the, you know, upset uh, nature of the analysts on that stage, but we'll see how it plays out over time. Hopefully the Broncos landed a good one here. If not, it wasn't detrimental uh, to the point of, you know, from salary cap, from cost, you know, there's no, there's no detriment on that one. You just gave up the picks and wasn't even overly that expensive. Michael Ronquillo, great show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much. And uh, t- Richard Miles saying, uh, tell me what Buckham is or means, please. Uh, Broncos slogan with Sean Payton here. Uh, the, you know, that's the, uh, I know that Chad and Zach have been on it a lot. And uh, it's, you know, a Bronco, what does a Bronco do to anybody trying to ride it? Buxom, and it also sounds like a, uh, a funny, uh, funny Something thing to else. say to people. Yeah, yeah just so. kick them off your back. If these guys are on your backs, let's, let's just let's just buck them right off our backs. We don't yep. care. We'll buck them right off. Yep, buck everyone. We always we what a bucking good show today, guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you coming in. Um, we got to get on out of here. I need to get some more coffee in me because I am struggling this morning after too much fun um, watching the game last night. And also we got uh, DWI guys coming in with that uh, raspberry color here, $50, man. Uh, pull up. There we go. Um, saying uh, DWI guys, I agree with Nick. The offer for value wasn't there for either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, but that may change as the draft comes closer or even after the draft, not advocating for a trade, but from a business perspective, it makes sense. Peyton's talk was just coach speak. We'll see. He did sound pretty definitive on that. I think that the trade, what they were getting called on was so far from what the Broncos wanted for them that I think Peyton felt comfortable speaking that definitively, but things could change. Yeah. Things change for sure. But coach speak is typically, Hey, we're real happy with Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy and I'm here and they're going to be a big part of this team. And we're looking forward to what's going to, what we're going to be able to do with them next year. Now I'm not saying things couldn't change in the future, mm-hmm. but right now we're looking really forward to working with these guys. and They're going to have big seasons for us. That's coach speak. This was a little different. This, this to me, this was a little different. And I'm all about, I've, I've coined the phrase for 20 years. Coaches lie so much, they don't call it lying. They call it coach speak. This one had a different edge to it for me. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, things can always change. That's why you leave that in there. Yeah. That's why you say that. You always leave yourself just a little bit of an out. So you don't get it replayed on loop when you do trade these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, well, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up here. You guys are awesome. You, Robbie Red said you guys are awesome. Thanks for the show. Thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. 
Also, make sure you're following us at uh, BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts. It was a five-star review. Uh, hopefully, the shows, um, we can get some comments that aren't uh, Nick needs to fix his computer. We've done it. We've done it, folks. You can correct that one. Um, so, uh, hopefully, they can get uh, other ones there now uh, saying that you've enjoyed the show or just uh, constructive criticism as well. Always looking to get better out here. So I think I threw in one 100% today. And as soon as I said it, I cringed a little bit, but I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with one a show. for you now. Yeah, I'm okay with one a show, but uh, subscribe, like, and share as it says there on the ticker underneath. And uh, happy Monday, everybody. I uh, hope you all have a good week. Hopefully it stops raining where you are, Scott. Uh, hopefully the animals out are already. I think we're done. Okay. There's no animals lining up two by two. That's great to hear. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to get on out of here. Busy week of work ahead. And uh, you guys have a fantastic one. Any final thoughts, Scott, before we get on out of here? No, it's good to be back with y'all. Um, you know, some shows feel better than others. This felt like a good show today. Ethan, thank you for closing us out strong. Michael oh, yeah. Rankio, obviously, you guys are out there. And, uh, you know, for, for Austin, Gary, GLP, Mark Schrader, love all y'all. Appreciate you coming in. Miguel was busy, super. So super chats, stars, the likes, the shares, the conversation. Uh, this, is a, this is a fun group to be around, and we have a lot of fun. So thank all y'all. Yeah, you guys are great. Everyone have a good one. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Hopefully you have a great, easy uh, 9 to 5 Monday through Friday week. Uh, But until then, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.